day and age where you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna do my little yo. Welcome back to another episode of Orion Let's go, Radio. Baby. Um, you know, today we got up one of the freshest MCs out of Philly. Um, if you haven't seen this man live, you need to because you're missing the fuck out. One of the most lit live shows I've ever seen. Um, this man is academic and a genius behind the scenes, but on that stage, it's a different animal. I uh, I've seen <laughs> Wolfpack. I've seen some crazy things. You know, we're getting super lit up in my kitchen right now. We got the the Lacroix sparkling <laughs> waters. <laughs> Shout out Lacroix. Um, if you're sleeping on the boy, wake the fuck up. If you don't know, now you know. Gabe, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Damn. Uh, shout out to Orion Radio and the crazy, Woo-woo-woo. crazy intro. I would say gas me, but we all, we're all electric <laughs> over here. You know what I'm um, Speaking of which, keep going. I need to shut tr- tr- this fridge shit up, otherwise it's going to get in, in the way. Thank you. Okay, that. let's go, man. Because this joint bumps on at the worst time. Ooh, I see what's going on. See ya, man. Um, yeah, my name's Gabe Wolf. Shout out to my parents. There's and a cool name. Uh, yeah, I was. It's funny. I feel like I didn't realize my name was Gabriel until I was like 21. I was out of the country on my own for the first time, and uh, you know, I was like, "All right, Gabe felt a little anticlimactic." And it can doesn't always translate so well, especially with different languages, yeah. different accents. So um, I'm happy to rock this identity of Gabriel, you know, mm. but that is something that is really uh, kind of embedded in the brand. So if you have heard of me, you may have heard of Who, What, Wolf, yeah, um, which is essentially... Um, sort of the vision right it's like this ongoing question that i don't know if i'm going to eventually answer but that is the experiment that i'm conducting right so who what wolf is like the dot com the instagram the gmail um the soundcloud and uh you know we got some some other things up our sleeves coming soon but uh that's really you know sort of like the vision and the mission behind the whole thing is this is really like a exploration and um a uh, a mission that I feel like it's almost my responsibility to carry out. Yeah, I feel like you know it's up to everybody to be the best that they can be. And I find that along my path, I have found I have a few uh, attributes um, that allow me to do certain things, and um, I love using that to bring people together. And uh, you know, I like to believe I found a future where I came from. Absolutely. 100% man I feel that even as a a listener of your stuff and hey, as a fan so also, I, you know go ahead and eat too and we'll just chop it up hey we're yeah, here though yo yo because we're here because I know you know I don't uh, I don't I'm like yo don't fuck with my meal signs I'm, if I'm eating I'm, eat, I'm grubbing so um, and while you're doing that too we'll chop it up and then uh, we can get into the story in a little bit but um, speaking of the the who what wolf the whole thing um why did you choose? Because me too. I, I was I was I came up with some super cool slash corny teenage rap names. Why did you choose the rock with your real name? Nice. So probably started making music. Sorry, I started trying to write down raps. Right, 
it used to just be like a silly freestyle kind of thing. And yeah. A couple of homies urged me to just take it a little more serious, see what happens. And that was probably around uh, maybe six and a half years ago, seven years ago. Oh, what really? And yeah, and so you know, this is like high school. We're just yeah. like messing around. It's like in the uh, thirteen, fourteen, somewhere in there. Okay, so you know what? Let me bring it back a little bit. Yeah. So when I was like, like fifteen, this is when everybody is changing their Facebook names to you know with with college applications coming up. Oh right, it's right. Like, I remember this crazy wave. Everybody's changing their names. Right. Yeah. Also, sidebar, my mom got on the on the book. <laughs> And I know she's trying to add everybody in the family, so I'm like, damn, it's crunch time. I really got to switch it up. Shout out, moms. <laughs> Yo, major shout out. Major shout out to moms. Um, and uh, so my name is, my, my, my actual last name is Spiller. Right? Oh. But my middle name, my given name is Wolf. So, so my middle name is Gabe Wolf. Right? Like my given name is Gabe Wolf, but the full name ends with Spiller. And so on Facebook, that shit says Gabe Spiller. I'm like, all right, what could be? Uh, I don't want to switch up too much. Ended up just like how it sounded, rocking with Gabe Skrilla, right? Oh, it's a, <laughs> a nice little curveball, it's a little twist. You know, it was uh, it was a nice, gave it a little flavor. Next thing you know, that's who I am to everybody. It's like weird how you know social media has that effect, yeah. where you don't even know that person, but you know them specifically as their handle. Yeah. Um, even good friends, you start to like forget their actual names. It's crazy. I'm at that stage now. I just call them by the Facebook shit. You know, yeah. it's wild. So, doesn't take long, and it's Skrilla Millions. You know, everybody knows me as this, and that was kind of when I started making music. So it became um, just a natural thing. Like, why fight it? Let me just rock with this. What everybody knows me as. Yeah. So, that was what I was rolling with for maybe two years, like maybe freshman years, probably until like sophomore year in college. When I went abroad, and I was like, all right, you know what? I like how Gabriel sounds a little more. If only there was, like, something else. You know, it's like, that's, like, part B. Yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. That feels like part A. And I'm like, all right, wait, what could this follow-up be? And yeah. I'm like, hold on, dog. My middle name is Wolf. You know, Let's why don't you just run with it? Yeah. So, sounds that- cinematic enough. And that's, I haven't looked back since, you know? That's crazy. I never knew, I, I never knew the spiller. Or yeah. the Skrilla Millions or whatever. I never even knew that part of it. A little backdrop. Yeah, a little backdrop. All right, so and speaking of taking it back, um, I'm into the superhero shit. You know, I'm always about trying to get the origin story. Yeah. Um, and I know we've, we've chopped this up a little bit off mic, but um, for the listeners, um, take it back for me as far as where you grew up. I knew it was PA, right? Philly. Philly. Yeah. Philly. Mount, Mount Airy. Okay, Mount Airy and Philly. Uptown. Uptown, woo, woo. super northwest. And um, what were you like as a kid? What was I like as a kid? What was childhood like for um, young? I was definitely the class clown. That's a, that's to the maximum. <laughs> I could see that. I was uh, I was really in it for the laughs. Like no con- no consequences. It was whatever. Um, I was also really good with words, so I was able to get myself out of a lot of things. I would. You know, I would. I was definitely conniving. You know, I would always just be, you know, just me and my friends. Just like, you know, definitely those annoying little kids. You're, you know, you don't want to get caught. Yeah, with. I don't the know. substitute is the worst. Oh it's my the worst god! I apologize to all the substitute <laughs> teachers. I deeply disrespected, you know, in whatever way that that's on me. 
Because you, you just I, I, you do anything with the laugh back in the day. Man, you might find a couple of things on YouTube. Dude. Yeah. You know, it's, um, so that was definitely me. You know, I think I like to. I was definitely. Um, I remember I was I was I was like a little chubby little kid. You know, before I, I I you know I had to I had to grow out the baby fat. You know, but I remember I don't know. I was I used to eat a lot. It was a thing. Like <laughs> was it mom like hustling the food, pushing the food on you, or was it Gabe just had an appetite? It was it was more so. I was just out here, just eating. Yeah, I don't gee, know. Just, you know, it was a <laughs> thing, the man. Force. I don't know. So it's I remember, crazy. I would never have pegged you as the type now because you're so trim. Yo, thank you, man. Yeah. It, but the funny thing is, I, I didn't. I was like, like, I'm saying, I was chubby on a low. Like you might not really be able to pick it out, but mm. you know, I remember it, that was definitely chubby. a thing. But it was cool because it allowed me to get focused around my health a little earlier on. Yeah. Um, and my diet and everything, but. You know, it took me a little while to realize, uh, you know, I had to make that self-diagnosis on the lactose intolerance. Yes. You know, little things like that, um, that, you know, used to be a big part of, like, big part, like, cereal was like 80% of my diet. <laughs> right, up, right. As know? a kid, it's just, the question is, what cereal? Uh, well, I knew I would always, my dad would be sick. I would be like, let me get a mix of everything uh-huh. we got. So, you know, he's pouring like three different boxes in one bowl, you know, so that was the worst. But shout out to him. He put me on a Crispix. Yo, Crispix are highly slept on, man. Um, throw some raisins in there. It's bananas. Actually, with, with <laughs> the bananas. bananas. Yo, it's kind of crazy. But um, I would say, t- uh, yeah, you know, Cheerios are kind of like a staple. But Classic. Part of me wants to rock with Special K. I, you know, I mean, I could freak it out. Like, there's, you know, Fruity Pebbles and Frosted Flakes. Like, right, you got right. some the, heavy the hitters, you know? <laughs> yeah, heavy hitters. But for me, I was, you know, I think still to this day, I could rock with some some special K. That's interesting. With heavy, the, the little health kick. Subtleties, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yo, so we're already getting gems. Can you <laughs> help me do the live thing? Let's go. Yeah. Or, and, uh, yeah, or I'm, would, I'm you, would you rather, would you want to finish first? Okay, Nice. So yeah, that, that yeah, so that, that makes sense. Eating on camera just for you, and I can give them. I can give them all the eye contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give them the full, the, dude. My undivided. The the whole experience. I your your charisma is just like. I feel like. Have you ever seen any of those videos of Kendrick Lamar eating cereal? Mm-mm. No, it's so funny, and I feel I, when you were saying that when you were talking about cereal, I feel like. It's the same. Like I could just watch you talk about eating cereal and it's entertaining. So you're young, bull. You hopping on the mixed cereals, um, mm-hmm. and pops in is around. Heavy, heavy is mom. Mom's around. Heavy, heavy. And what do mom and dad do? So shout out to the folks. I'm blessed. Come from a two parent household. Two teachers, public school. Oh shit. High school. Do some um, handicap work and regular work. You know. Um, mad respect for them. You know, they put in their time, you know, decades in the school district. Um, my mom teaches uh, history to deaf kids and sign language to hearing kids up at uh, Abraham Lincoln High in the Northeast. And my pop put in multiple decades at Alney High. Um, he started this training program with uh, Einstein Hospital, where a lot of these kids aren't. Who, no, they're not going to go to college or anything. And they would get, you know, a lot of the things he would teach would be like 
um, how to do your taxes, how to do a job interview, mm. how to um, real life shit, real life shit, and then like a lot of them get training jobs at this at this hospital, working in a mailroom, cafeteria, things like that, and um, you know it's it's cool to see how he has really impacted that community. Like has got like second generation students, yeah, you know where it's like the kids of old students, and it's like you know that's just that's crazy, crazy, you know, so. You know, blessed in that sense, both big music fans. My mom's more on the like folk classical side, but cool. she she likes her uh, Beatles. You know, and they're both. My dad's real worldly. He's a heavy jazz guy. Mm. Definitely, definitely formed in the funk, but also, um, you know, my man got probably seven seven different continents in his CD tray, you know, it's like, that's dope. just in a minivan right now, yeah. you know, he's, <laughs> just on rotation. Yeah. Yo, that's cool because, um, a couple different things. One, and now just trying to make ends meet, subbing, so on and so forth. I didn't realize my, you know, my pops is middle school teacher, public school teacher too. I didn't realize until peak of mind the scenes, how much work it is, mm. dude. It's crazy. Like the fact that both your parents did it and, to do technical things like to teach sign language or and like shout out to both of them because it takes you I didn't realize it until now that you you're dealing with bullshit from the administration side. You're oh man, it was driving my family kids. nuts. Still like, is, you know, my dad, like lucky he like part he like retired from the school district but then super clutch, Einstein followed up for like that part time gig to just run the program. Oh, so he's like dope. low key living a dream right now. So okay, that's what you want. Is then you can do just the program you want but have enough bread to live off. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So let oh man, there's so much I want to get into. Um but we'll run with this thought for a bit and then I'll come back to that. So you're growing up, you got two parents that are teachers. I feel like teachers make good parents because they're around kids a lot, but also bad parents because sometimes the patience is thin. You know what I mean? You're dealing mm-hmm. with kids all day, it's like Fuck, I don't want to do anything. Real shit. You know, so that's real. Do you have siblings? You have siblings. Yep. Sister? Got the young one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember she came to a show. Yeah. You gave like, her the uh, shout out. It's crazy, man. She, uh, it's tight because she was def- definitely my first audience. Mm. You know, I just remember always trying to make her laugh. That definitely helped form who I am yeah. as a person, you know? Um, and it's tight, man. She's literally like, a, you know, uh, if I was a girl that was three years younger, like, this is who I would be. That's type, so type vibe, You know, <laughs> aesthetic, like, you know. You guys look the same? Yeah, like yeah. facial structure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there are and, the ceilings where you can be like, I can definitely tell you guys. Yo, like, everybody's yeah. like, come on. I remember, you know, Josh uh, from BWC? Yeah, yeah. So we used to live together uh, a couple years ago, and we were at this, we had a, this crazy 90s party. This was probably... You know, we threw some really epic house parties at this specific house, um, but it was this one in particular that I think put the crib down for good. Um, it was, yo, but it, it, it was definitely a way to go out. It was a 90s party. You had everybody in there. I remember being in the basement, and the dance floor was right above us, and I remember seeing, yo... Was it DJ Solo dropped something? Doing his and thing. yo, I just remember people are jumping. It might have been Hannah Montana. It was like right around that time, right? Oh man, Hannah Montana. Yo, I'm not lying. I'm looking at the floorboards dip as everybody's jumping, <laughs> and I'm like holding up these beans, <laughs> yelling at people like, "Yo, tell them to turn it down." Yeah, it's too late. That's long story short, though. Nice. Lucy's at this party, and she meets Josh for the first time. And he he was fucked up because he was he was already a little twisted. He comes out and Ian Ian is like, "Yo, 
Josh, this is Lucy, Gabe's little sister. And she comes, she was a little twisted too. She goes, I'm like, you. <laughs> like, I hit him with the, the, the classic <laughs> greeting. And he was just fucked up because it was like literally me with long he's hair like, giving him his dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I, uh, I feel like that that is something that I always wanted. Um, was I, I lucked out one is it just the two of you guys mm-hmm. yeah so I always had big bro um, shout out big bro it was the same about three years and I felt it was nice because I could see him kind of go through you know mistakes or successes mm-hmm. that that young man had peep game as a young man and be like okay um, do that or don't do that and he kind of tested the waters and then I you know I came up and could kind of take adapt from that but I wish I always had a younger sibling that I could try to put on to game, you know, to mm. be like, just because I feel like it'd be fun to, um, there, there are no people that understand your family, like your siblings, you know what I mean? Like you have friends, you have younger friends, whatever, but no one That's real. has those inside jokes that you have with about mom and dad. Oh, there's no way. And yeah. You know what I mean? That you're there's just no like, way. when mom does this or that, that like, that's just the two of you, and that's it. Yeah. And so, I mean, also, it'd be shitty to possibly be the middle child because then I don't get the, the youngest so child right, treatment. You don't which get is any kinda, shine. <laughs> yeah. No shine, which is kind of sweet as the, the younger one. But um, so it's the, just the two of you guys, mm-hmm. you holding it down. And growing up, you mentioned the music thing. I want to jump into that a little bit. At what time does young Gabe get into hip hop? Are you a sports kid when you're young? Obviously, you're a funny kid. Were you? What are you doing when you're young, or middle school, or yeah. high school? What's kind of your thing? Uh, I was definitely super into basketball. That was mm. like, I would like to say it was like my first love. You yeah. know, it was like the first thing that I learned I could spend time with. Fortunately, basketball is one of the kind of sport you can spend time by yourself yeah. and develop yourself as uh, an individual. I feel like that did a lot of things just for my character and understanding of how to interact with people no matter where you are, just playing pickup basketball. I think there's like this really interesting like universal language as well as like code of conduct that you just adapt and learn um, about how to establish yourself and also you know respect others. Or, as you'll see, some people would disrespect others. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, so that's um, that was big for me. You know, shout out to my pop. And that whole side of my family is big into basketball. Um, and so that was that was a large part of my life. And I remember there's a specific moment, I think, around fifth grade um, when uh, one of my OGs, Nick... He's a family friend living in Italy right now doing his thing. Um, and he put me on, like, hit me with, he's, he's maybe like four years older. He hit me, and something like that. But he hit me with, like, all this MF Doom, all this Ooh. Nas, and, like, Wu-Tang, right around. Like, yeah, so fifth grade. So I'm looking at, like, what's that, like, maybe like 02, 03. And so you're 10, 11? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, it, yeah, like 11, yeah. 11, it, it, listen to MF Doom tapes? Yeah, and it, I just remember, though, it was crazy because it was like, it really was literally too raw for me, like, that's sonically. Yeah. 
you know, I'm still at a point at that that stage where like I don't have albums, like I just have songs, like I just got like 150 songs. It's just I like, like the you know? now, yeah, yeah, yeah game right. playlist. Yo, exactly. just like the smashes. All these joints I heard in like NBA Street. Whatever, <laughs> yeah, yes. You know? Shout out NBA Street. I was googling that With shit the purple the other bottom. Day. Yo, <laughs> just too fly, too fly. So, um, yeah, that was definitely like a. a uh, breaking point as far as like I entered this new threshold of like just new aesthetic for yeah. music and just like a whole new palette for you know and then from there you kind of take that inevitable dive into like uh, lyrical uh, spiritual and lyrical like, <laughs> yeah it's like really almost like snobby yes. purist boom bap world we were like no nah, like this is too I can't fit all this in my backpack. Like, or I can't bounce to this in my backpack, you know, whatever it is. 100%. I don't know. And it's, uh, then, you know, I, I came around, I'm going to say, end of high school. I start falling into, like, this, like, Dom Kennedy world. Mm. And and that was definitely, that was really tight. That was really tight. And, like, uh, Sir Michael Rocks, like I was definitely a mm. cool kids fan, but yeah. he definitely had some heat on some solo, solo style drops, and you know that was definitely an era too. And then from there, you know, I just started digging into a lot of different things, like a lot of older music and a lot of a lot of funk, some jazz, and then you know a lot of a lot more house. Like I think I remember, you know, a next big break would be like. Somebody introduced me to Kate Trinata and I, I saw him live, wow. like just a little before he blew. At that same house, we had that epic house party at 2013, 2012, somewhere around then. We saw him live at the Dolphin, and it was crazy. It was like 20 of us in there. It was we low key like ran the show. Like he was, we were vibing with him so hard. It was crazy. It was Dude. it was one of the wildest experiences ever. And so like that just opened up the the, the musical realms um, a little more. It's interesting how you kind of have those. You have these like. Um, like metamorphosis almost where it's like you have there are certain time periods you can look back and say this was there was an album there was a live show something that like inspired my sound for a little while you know what i mean um and so at what point do you um with when you were hooping was that ever part of the dream was that just for sure man everybody everybody's got that dream. okay so so at what point do you does that kind of start to take a back seat or Mm -hmm. do you start to say hey i'm going to focus more on music probably about probably about sophomore year in college oh i I probably i mean and and realistically i it had already peaked you know like so my pop was five six when he graduated high school in roles in temple that that following fall and over that summer he grew six inches, what? right? So he enrolled at Temple as, as, as six foot, and so my whole life every oh, summer I'm like, this is the, the one. <laughs> this is the one. This is the one. I'm about to <laughs> jump out of here on everybody. So you know, always had that dream of like shutting the gym down yeah. with like a windmill. You yes, know, yes, yes. The back fast break. Yeah. You know, so could you jump? I could jump. I mean, I remember you know like senior year. You know, I'm. I could, I could definitely get rim, you know. It was like I was almost there. If I if I put in some work and had some like proper training, I remember trying to do air alert in the dorms, and you know the people below me were not having it. They were sick. I'm doing all these jumps for hours, you know. Just and they're trying to they're trying to study for this chem test. 
Um, in high school, you're senior, Gabe. Are you are you looking to try to get recruited for a ball? Are you trying, are you, nah, no, I was just trying to make the team at, at school. Oh, in know? high school. Yeah, and it was. Which, which high school? I was at Masterman. You were at Masterman. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. So, and because I don't, I'm, it, this public, right? Yeah, 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 that's a public school. It's a, it's a magnet school, so it's a little smaller. You got to apply. Okay, I'm not um, sure if I've been to Mash, but I've heard the name for sure. It's tight. It's right across from CCP. Okay, dope. Yeah. Um, and so you go to Masterman, and are, is their high school basketball team nice? Are you on the team? You play in varsity? They're, the team's okay. It's not not like we're not uh, – nobody for, on the team is like – usually ever like all pub we yeah. might have like maybe one or two players every other year uh, or you know we might have honestly we might have like one or two players every year that might get you know one level of the all pub team hmm. right but we're not really we're not imhotep you know we're not yeah we're not really 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 out here but you know we, we're not prep charter I, but you know we, we would have some fun but uh so senior year i'm on varsity but it was a mad experimental year because before that year, there might have been at most like two freshmen on the varsity team at a time. Hmm. Maybe, I don't think any more than that, maybe three. The year I was on varsity though, so many so many heads left and so many kids in my grade weren't really that adamant. We probably could have had like four or five kids on the team, but it was only me and my homie Ty doing the varsity thing. And yo, no lie, I had like eight freshmen on the team. So it was mad interesting because, you know, I, even as a senior, you know, I, I kind of have a backseat because they've clearly invested in the future. <laughs> right, you know what right. I'm saying? Um, this is such a strange yeah. place for it to it, be. Yeah, it was, it was mad weird, you know, and a little bittersweet, you know, but it was what it was. I feel like I was at my peak as far as basketball performance, um, sophomore year in, high school, in college, mm. right? And I was, I, was, I was definitely becoming problematic, Um uh, and like mastering my own skill set, and then I, I I like ruptured this tendon uh, in my foot, right? Like this joint right on the arch. So that shit was that was cheeks. That was cheeks. I, I really actually like didn't run like anything more than walk for the most part, really for almost about a year. Um, it wasn't you know it didn't feel as drastic as that sounds, but um, so I had to fall back super hard. But I was that was probably my peak. Because um, that sounds and, rough. Yeah, it was corny, man. You know, because you know the a guy I was uh, I was training a lot with. You know, he was trying to walk on. He was actually about to go play for Penn State. Um, he was getting recruited by them. Um, so that was like a that was like a time where like you know I had I I'm not like, you know if if I had seen T.J. McConnell on the <laughs> on the on the hardwood yeah. around that time, maybe I would have felt a little different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, at that point, you know, it was totally just. Uh, and where basketball still is for me, just this, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting element of life because it's, uh, you can really find yourself there. Absolutely. Um, and you can also, you know, lose yourself there at the same time. Hmm. You know, this is a really cool thing where like, uh, you know, it could be like meditators, get your head off, your mind off things, but it, you could also, you know, build a different type of confidence and build a different type of uh, chemistry with other individuals you know it's it's one of my favorite sports yeah. easy um, yeah. and and it's uh you know so for me it's more just like a creative outlet i would say at this point that's so interesting so also don't feel like uh, this is a sit stand setup so you can you 
can, you know, if you feel more comfortable, you can stay and take it out. Okay, get the blood flow. Yeah, get the blood flow. I sometimes like to hold it. Um, so, and that's interesting because now spending time in these high there's a million ways I want to go with this, but this is just an interesting topic. I want to stay on for a second. Now staying in these high schools, um, I'm seeing certain students that I can't get to do shit in a classroom, but if I'll, if I see them, you know, maybe I'll come back as a gym teacher someday or something like that. And I'll see some of these young guys and they might act, you know, just like knuckleheads sometimes in the classroom. But, um, you, when you see them focused, it's when I see with something they're actually passionate about on the court, they're like, and they're like bigger than me too. Cause they're like 16, 17, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I was never a huge guy. So, but th- so they, 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 they're almost like grown men when they're on the court. Like the way that they, you said creative outlets. Interesting. I've never, I, basketball wasn't huge where I grew up. Um, I was trash. So I never played, never really got super into it. And now I have so much fun just watching these young guys play mm-hmm. because it'll be a lot of three on three, two on two, four on four games, you know, small games. And it's electric, man. Like when it's intense and they're in it, it's like I forget that I'm even watching a game because I'm so invested oh, in it. Man, you know, it's, it's really a beautiful thing. Man. Yeah, and and, oh. and it's a bummer you got injured because now cause injuries just yeah suck. yeah. You learn a lot though. You do, you learn so much. I've gotten injured from weightlifting, and it's like completely changed my perspective on shit. Hell yeah. How did you? So two things I want to get into there are when you're a senior in high school. Where are you? What's Gabe? What do you want to do with your life at that point? What do you, mm-hmm. are you thinking? You're astronaut, ball player, rapper. Where where are you mentally? Sort of going into college, and where did you go to college? So I went to Temple. You, was that your first choice? Um, Walk me through that. I didn't really have a first choice. I was, you know, I was just like sort of whatever made sense and whatever was easiest. I know my parents had started a college fund that was specifically for in-state schools. So, you know, just trying to look out who wants to run into debt, you know. So I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, I got a, a nice little scholarship to Temple too. Mm. So it was like, why not? I, I kind of also thought I would go there. There's like a specific stairwell in Masterman, the high school, where you're, you're coming down and out the window, like, for like this whole half, back half of the building, this stairwell that goes from the bottom to the top, almost every... For like the top half of those floors, you're looking at this window, you could just see Temple hmm. and the big, this big T on this building. And um, so I, I always kind of joke, like, I was like, low key, always going to go to Temple. Yeah. Um, it's just slowly implanted. Yeah. Your pops went to Temple. You heard the story. My mom was there for a little bit too. And so it was, um, it was also like high school again, kind of just like bigger. Yeah. Like, you know, a bunch of homies I knew went there. And also, um, you know, it's, you get to know a lot of people, you know, and it, the campus isn't that, that big. What was your major? Or what oh, so, you? right, I was advertising, and I was in oh. a creative track, and so I was, I, I could see myself doing, like, logo work and graphic design things. I, I got into Tyler, the art school, but I, I guess I, I just got scared in the sense of, like, I didn't see myself being able to do, like, a whole gallery type approach, and this is before Instagram really pops off and before illustration felt as accessible as it is now or at least in demand as it is now and um, I made the mistake of just going to Temple get an advertising degree in the as a creative with art direction but 
if I really wanted to do that, I should have gone to Temple, sorry, Tyler for the graphic design program because that's like my direct competition. But they have access to like crazy critical coursework and resources and uh, uh, faculty that, you know, we just didn't have at the communication school. You know, we have things, but it wasn't the same type of, um, you don't graduate the same type of portfolio and the same type right. of focus um, and skill set. With that being said, um, I did kind of fall in love with copy for like the back half of my mm. college career, um, just like because I copy. Yeah, so oh, I cool. become much more into music and much more into like. So I like to refer to myself as a spitter songwriter, mm. right? Wow. Um, so I'm trying to expand in as many ways as possible, um, but I like to. I like words a lot. Um, I think there's a lot of power within them and a lot of um, potential too, just to, you know, impact people and unlock yourself at the same time. I definitely noticed that in your freestyles, you use some hey. of the most unique words. Hey. I'll, be like, I'll be like, did Gabe just rob that with that? I was actually thinking about that earlier of like, um, just a kid used the word today and I was like, just for inspiration, I should, on new songs, I should just try to like find a word I haven't used before because I find mm. I end up using just the same a lot of the same words mm. rhymes over and over and kind of get stuck in this pattern just to break out of it yeah. and like you said it can be it, just thinking about that word it unlocked a whole bunch of different you know rhymes rhyme schemes that I was like oh that's cool I never even thought about that but I could totally now that you say that it, it makes sense for you in my mind um, so you're you're going through Temple you're dealing with a ruptured something <laughs> you're limping around um where does that lead you then as far as music? By the time you're starting to then get on the latter half of your career and you know, you're going to your college, um, your family cookouts and everybody's like, oh, Gabe, where, where, what are you doing after this? Oh, and- man, I got, I got this one specific uncle who like, <laughs> yo, it's, it's every time I see him, you know, it's like, so you ever think about uh, doing bar mitzvahs? Or, <laughs> you know, that's like a guarantee. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a bag. And oh man, no matter what the holiday, they they're always asking me, "Oh, you got a uh, you got a Hanukkah rap? <laughs> but uh, can we hear something? And it's funny because like that's why I started freestyling. Really, is because you know you tell anybody you rap and or make music, and like all right, let me hear something. I'm like what? And so I've I just found that you know to there was like a lot of anxiety, like all right, try him with that verse or this verse. Like how's yes. that how's that sixteen go? Like all right, just that eight. And, like, and it was like this crazy little like stress ball that builds but you could also just like release it all and just like hit them with some spontaneous and next thing you know more than likely you'll have a fan out of that experience situation so um you know that's really what i i started to develop that muscle for just for those situations but then i don't know there's something weird about um performing spontaneously in front of family just because of the overall I mean, the fact that it is like a free fall, like I don't know where we're about to land with this. Exactly. Um, so it's always weird when you're just like at a big dinner table with a bunch of family, like, no, nah, I'm not really trying to spit right now. Because it can go downhill <laughs> fast. I mean, you know, what I'm you saying? know, I feel like, like I had some control, but it's yeah. also like, I don't know if this is going to connect with you. Right, right. You know, like, <laughs> exactly. This is not my demographic <laughs> exactly, right here. Exactly, um, Exactly. It's, it's, even if I knock this out of the park, y'all probably still won't fuck with it. Just yo, I might write this down later, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. you might lose faith in me. Yes, you know? exactly. Or like, you know, you might hit the snooze real quick. And, um, and I don't know. It's like, that's like a, I feel like I have a lot of confidence in that, in that field. 
of of life, but it's also a pretty personal and intimate thing. Just yeah. your art, you know. Yeah. And it's it's um that's been one thing that's uh, I feel like I've been able to develop and focus on is just not treating everything um so with like treating it as if it's all so precious. Yeah. And as if um it's you know something that is that serious. At the end of the day it's really not. Um but uh also just learning to listen to yourself and respect yourself no matter what, you know, being like outcome independent, right? So no matter how people react, you know, you still know your value and your worth and know that you know, it's all about progression. So no, even no matter where you're at right now, it's that's not even necessarily the focus. That's a gem right there. Hey. Yo, I need a gem sound drop. Hey. Blue, 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 blue. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> that's some, some of the realest shit right there. Yeah, man. It's like, unfortunately, that can take a very long time to learn. Mm-hmm. And I wish I'd had something like this podcast. It gave both my life as a mentor to say, to say, it, it's serious. It's not that serious. Loosen the fuck up and just try shit. Go for it. Whatever. As far as um, that that transition from copywriter, advertiser into musician, is that something that you? In college, are you playing shows? Are you, are you taking it more seriously, or is it not until you graduate and then you want to do it for it? Like, what? Like, what's what's the music look like for you when you're in school still? So it was definitely you know did not get as much love. Just given you know I'm I'm, I'm working. Um, I got papers to write. Um, if there's like parties, you know. It was definitely a different lifestyle. You know, in college, you're kind of in this limbo yeah. where there aren't any real consequences yet. I always yet. felt that. You know? So that that's like, um, I can't really say I was taking it too serious, but I was definitely at it. You know, I was definitely working on it. More so the second half of my college career was it was where it was more prominent. The first half, it was there, but definitely not. Um, I wasn't really making any sacrifices. Yeah. You know, I'm just... Doing what I can when I can, but I was definitely experimenting a lot. Probably wrote for real, for real to like original music for the first time freshman year, I would say. I had some, I had, I had some work, you know. Are you recording at this time? Yeah. Do you, do you, yeah. So, or did you get your own little setup? What do you record? No, nah, I had a couple time? homies that that um, were recording either in their dorm. I you know recorded stuff in dorms, recorded stuff in people's cribs, recorded stuff. Um, uh, shout out to the homies on Park Ave. You know, they had Park House Studios, which later moved to um, Ninth and Dolphin at the Windows Factory. They had a studio there for a minute. And, you know, but Park House Studios is definitely um, the place where I pressed a lot of things early on. You're um, learning how to record, finding your yeah, voice. Yeah, definitely Someone's... developing myself as a recording artist. I think because of my class clown uh Experience. Yeah. I was able. I already had some, some. Uh, I cut my teeth a little bit already, and I was. I was already warmed up as a performing artist. Yeah, you yeah. know, and so I think that was definitely naturally a, a solid skill set I had to build on. Um, 
And at that point, I was doing shows probably like the summer of sophomore year. Or maybe, I'm going to say sophomore year. You know, I was getting some shows within Temple. I was doing shows with other homies in the city. Um, and opportunities were just coming my way. And that's, you know, that's something that has continued to happen. Um, which I'm very fortunate for. Um, doors opening doors and just trying to... Um, you know, take on opportunities, but I've learned a lot too. You know, I, I'm, I won't, I don't want to say yes to everything at this point. You know, right. by far, that's not what I'm looking to do. Um, but you know, through that that process, one of the, you know, that that's where you come across a lot of larger questions. Like, is this something you really want to do? You know, performing art, performance art, especially with music can especially you know when you're just getting started can feel like a life or death situation which is really crazy and can give you a lot of stress and um just anxiety period but really that's just me misreading my body so in reality I'm really excited and my body is telling me it's excited but I'm not thinking about how I'm excited to have this opportunity, but how I am going to have a opportunity to fail. Right. Right. So, you know, you just got to walk yourself through the fact that, you know, first of all, you're making music so people can hear it. And here you're about to be on a stage where people are standing there listening. So this is literally what you are doing <laughs> this for. Um, and also, if you are looking to be successful, performance is really the only way you can kind of... Um, make real money these days you know streaming is becoming more and more and more uh opportunity and you know there's placement deals and all types of other ways to freak the situation or just selling songs um as like ideas and lyrics and production but you know at this point you know performing is really where you're going to find the most lucrative aspect of the music industry more gems dude 100 percent. i'm serious because um that people now want experiences. Yeah. I want to put it on my Instagram that I went to the Gabe Wolf show. I want to put it, you know, I want to live stream that, you know, I'm outside afterwards. I'm eating Gabe Wolf because those experiences then give me cultural capital. And so that, and I get to connect with you as an artist, mm -hmm. which, Likewise. you know, which is, um, that that's really what you're going to pay top dollar for. You know what I mean? Are it's interesting, even with the, thing of the um, music festivals and there's that one festival that you know tanked but that was supposed to it was like it was like everything was much more um, higher caliber and I think that's what people want is like that they'll pay that extra top dollar to kick with you backstage you know what I'm saying all that shit yeah you know it's uh, we're moving into this world where it's like we're a little more interconnected but in like an odd way right yeah. so we're not really you know, in a lot of ways, people are losing touch a little bit. Um, and But at the same time, you know, you can connect with so many more people. Maybe just at like a slightly um, like lesser scale. You know, you can't one-on-one -on -one with everybody, but in the beginning, you can. Yeah. Um, and that's been really big for me. That's been, you know, I spent some time after I graduated. I spent a lot of time like doing a lot of volunteer work and then fortunately some paid work doing the community organizing. Mm. Um, and that was mad impactful, mad empowering, and really uh, educational in itself just as a 
trying to realize myself as a leader yeah as well as uh um a student and it's it's one of those things where um you know that showed me how to you know in all honesty organize um community you know and where that community is and what that community stands for it depends um but uh that has been super impactful um navigating my own career and developing my own base and uh you know delivering um you know my own products even as a fan I've, i you know i feel connected you hit me up for every show hey. you know instagram whatever um come and you're active i i definitely can tell you make an, a conscious effort to stay hey, connected you. with with people and i and i i say that to say as an artist myself that hasn't always been as good at that. I recognize how much effort and time goes into it. Mm. No, it's see, interesting. I feel it in my neck, you know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, and also, do you want another drink? I'm good, you man. Drink? I'm okay. I'm hydrated. Okay, good. Thank you, um so and you touched on that a little bit. So just to go through the chronology, you graduate college, what are you looking to do after school? Um, um are you thinking I'm going for advertising? Are you thinking where, how does the community... So I, I did some intern work, and I, I, I spent some time with some agencies, uh, nothing too crazy, Okay, but enough to make me realize it's not what I'm trying to do. I think I could function and potentially thrive in that world, um, but I felt like I had more to offer doing other things. Um, and who knows, maybe I circle back around there. I think my end goal is to be creative. And I think that was kind of my goal in the beginning as well, you know, in whatever way that manifests, um, kind of depends on how hard I'm willing to work and, um, where I'm looking to develop in my life and, you know, what opportunities I'm fortunate to come across. And so at this point, that's, uh, you know, overwhelmingly music, but I have, you know, I do a lot of art for myself. I do, um, uh, some, I, I dare I say, consultancy, yeah. consultancy work, but consultancy work. But I have, you know, done a lot of freelance stuff in the past with like logos or um, copywriting, you know, little things like that. But uh, that's one of those things where um, I was thinking about approaching that like freelance world yeah. when I was just graduating. Um, like, while, like sort of hand in hand with the music stuff but I just came to the realization that you know in both of these worlds um, there's people that are my direct competition that are putting everything they have into each one of these let alone trying to half ass both of them so to me it was like alright it's, it's, you have to decide and so I decided um, you know as long as capitalism is going to be here advertising is going to be here and you know which isn't something I'm holding on to you know I wouldn't be sad I mean, who knows? But um, I felt like music and and uh, that whole world allows me to bring people together around specific things that I could determine and values that I want to um, project and also uh, give me the opportunity to really speak to people because I think I, words have this interesting way of connecting ideas and uh, emotions and you can, you can, you know, really open some people's eyes up sometimes yeah. with just a, a bar. 
A million, man. I, I think about how impactful music's been on my life, and that's huge. Um, so when did you... So you've been doing stuff in the service industry for the past yeah. few years? Yeah. What made you want to take that leap into... Yeah. Um, how did that start? I'm going to say... Well, it was like freshman year in college, and I'm I'm out here just dropping all these apps off everywhere. I'd spent a lot of time like working at the Hebrew school when I was like in like uh, at the you know I was I was a I was a heavy babysitter. You know what I'm saying? I was in the game. Babysitting money, baby. Yo, I was getting it free pizza. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I was so I I've probably been working like paying taxes. It's just like I remember I had a job where I paid taxes in seventh grade, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Um, he texted in the seventh, seventh yo, grade, motherfuckers. Try to get that return. Yeah, yo, like, I got my fifty so cents. I'm like, back. yo, Spider Man Two is about to come out. <laughs> I need that check. Um, so, you know, it was one of those things where uh, I, I'm, I literally went from like you know, dropped off fifty resumes at different places, and uh, I remember Cozy hit me back. I was at this Cozy right by 18th of Walnut. Shout out to Jorge and Rika and uh, everybody at that joint. It's closed now. It's, it's a Lululemon. Oh, but, yo, man, it, it went down. Um, that was a that was an awesome experience. Um, just, like, sort of getting to know uh, a team. And you developed this, like, that was the first time I really felt like I had, like, a co-working family. Yeah. We would like, go out to drink or, like, you know, blow it down a rent house or something like that, you know. And it was... It was really tight, um, and also just interacting with people. I found out that like that's definitely something that I'm, I can, um, I can do well, and I could, you know, I like to help people. So that fit early on, and the money was all right. And the next thing you know, I get a job. Um, that then I studied abroad, and I wasn't trying to go back to Cozy. Right. So I ended up getting this job in Miss Tootsie's on South Street, which is hilarious. It's I, th- I think one thing I learned from there is that you might not want to work at a job where you pull up. And you give them a resume, and they're like, "Hmm, could you be back at seven thirty? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, that's not a you good know. At, at first sight, you're like, you know, maybe that that but you're like, oh, all right, let's go. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm I need so this job. Impressive. I'm getting it right now. But that you no, know, that just means usually they probably got a pretty high turnover, you know, and it's not maybe not the best place. It's not the place to settle down. I was there for about maybe a year, met some awesome people, had some amazing opportunities. And what what capacity were you working at that point? Uh, so that was I, I went, you know, I went, I climbed the ladder, came in as a as a busser. Then you know, next thing you know, I'm, I was food running and I'm serving. Mm. And then uh, I get this job at Lowe's Hotel at the Bank in Bourbon. They reopened. It used to be Soul Food. They renovated um, and they reopened as Bank in Bourbon three years ago, maybe yeah, like three and a half years ago. And I was their first on the floor hire. Like they just, they had a staff that they hired and did like weeks of training. And then they did a, just getting ready to do their soft opening. That's when they hired your boy. And I came in as a busser and I know there's that, you know, I had to get my shit together a little bit, but it was also wild. Get thrown in this world where we got hotel breakfast. I got to be there at 530, you know, in the morning. Anytime we got to be up before the sun, I don't think that's right. And, And, but that unlocked a whole new chamber of my life because in school, I, I'm not trying to, it wasn't until senior year where I like, was like becoming a little responsible and I, you know, I'm, I'm daring enough to schedule classes at 10 o'clock before I'm like, yo, do not try me before noon, right, you know? Right. And here I am, it's noon and I've been at work for seven hours. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, what? This is crazy. This is this whole 
side, you know, like, you know, when you're in, you know, you're like 10, you just start sleeping over your homie's crib, like eight years old or something. You're like, oh, like, yo, we can stay up, yo, all, <laughs> all these hours, you know, here I am. I never got these before. Yo, in his dining room at 6 a.m., yeah. like, all these hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so, so that, that had me really reapproach some things. And I think now that's, you know, that's really allowed me to unlock um, a lot of my career and uh, allowed me to progress a lot is really get up and at them and, you know, using those hours early in the day when you yeah. can be undistracted and, um, uh, you know, productive. really productive, Na- naturally, like off your own natural um, rhythms. rhythms and adrenaline and good I, stuff. I love those hours when you feel like nobody else, you know, waking up in the early morning to work out or something when nobody else is there. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're, you know, by the time your day starts, boom, I already hit the gym, have breakfast, I'm ready to work. You know what I mean? I think... That is a really, um, not everybody is not the, everybody's cup of tea, but I've found for myself just being, you know, having the self awareness to be like, I can't go out and do the the crazy late nights anymore, um, just because I, I I value my mornings sometimes, yeah. you know. And, and so it took me a little while to learn. That. Yeah, me too, bro. Yeah. Um. So, what about? The bartending thing. Is, is that where you bartend now, Bank Apartment? Yes, sir. And so have you've been there the past few years? Yeah, man. And worked it up from busser? Rags to riches, dog. Rags to riches. Yeah, I came in as a busser and, you know, I don't think they had that much faith in me in the beginning because I was like, I say I'm efficient, but they, they would say I'm lazy. You know, yeah. I, I, it's, it's definitely fine dining and so I wasn't always... Um, I wasn't on a thousand. I wasn't applying myself a hundred percent because I wasn't that driven. It wasn't like you know this isn't my life, and it's you know it still isn't my life. Right. But I'm definitely in a place now for the first time in a long time where I feel challenged. I'm learning, and it's exciting. With the bartending. Mm-hmm. And it's also just like, oh man, it's, it's money. For folks that wanna get into bartending, um, myself with a little bartending experience, not nearly as much as you. How? What? What do you recommend? to those trying to get into a break into it and advice that you wish you'd known as a young young G? Well, it's definitely always fake it till you make it, right? But it can't hurt to have, give yourself a base of knowledge. I was fortunate to go to this place, work at this place that's willing to pay for me to take an online course to, you know, get like some in-depth history of mm. spirits. And mm. right, you know, all, all this, uh, uh, I don't know, because it's a fine line, right? Not everybody really wants that, but it, where, I, where I work, you know, you should be prepared to talk about certain things yeah. in an educated manner because um, people want to know and, you know, it also helps with that bottom line, right, you know? Right, right. Um, people want to feel like they're being taken care of, taken care of, to, taken care of, and also, <laughs> I got you. yeah, you know, I was like, there's an air, there's an N in there, what's <laughs> going on? I got you. Um, so, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you, you might as well just try and get in somewhere as a bar back. It'll be if you keep trying to shine and showing them you want to learn, um, it won't be long before somebody rolls out and you just roll up. And that's that's what happened. I got lucky. And um, somebody caught the axe. I caught the oop. And your boy got the vest. I'm, I'm shaking them up. Damn. Whatever and, you need. And so how, how, now what do your hours look like? So it depends, man. Um, still might be mad late nights. Which I, I'm not opposed to because if I don't have to be into work at five, I can get up at nine and have a whole work day in the home studio, do my thing, right. and then go to work, you know, which is definitely ideal for me. Um, where versus if I work the day shift, I'm going to get out 
around five or six, and you know, I'm low key beat for real. I, I don't really have the juice dude, at that point because it's crazy. I feel the exact same way, man. I get out of these days, it's like even with the subbing, it's strange that I don't, as when I was young, you really have limited energy for the day, and it's true. You're kind of it's hard, especially with creativity because yes. you, you really need some endurance because the whole thing is built around failing. Yeah, and so if you're not able to fail three times, you're not going to get to that fourth opportunity which is like when the bar comes or right. when that that melody comes you know because that can be really draining just sitting there and plugging away and not you know getting any uh, feedback a hundred percent so now we're kind of currently and i don't want to keep you forever but um there is some shit i want to get into as Let's far as it. just picking your brain with the creative process um your experience with writing recording the whole nine so um and, uh, and the part of the podcast too is folks that are that are interested in uh, you know, creatives, myself included, that's why I'm doing it, is what's your sort of process when um, you're, say you're tackling a song, like you said with the creative juices, you're trying or failing three, four times. What does that look like? Are you in the studio with Cain making a beat and then you take the beat home and try to write to it? Do you, Are you walking down the street, you think of bars, you try to put them to a beat later? I'm always curious in other people's inspiration, how, they're, how they kind of get it from start to finish. Um, so it's really hard to to say just because creativity in itself is nonlinear and it's like literally the only thing that works is putting in time. Yeah. Right. Um, but um, as far as routines go, I would, something I've been trying recently is first thing, well, I spent the past few years um, becoming self-sufficient as possible, uh, learning to produce, mm. getting equipment to record myself so you know i could really develop myself vocally because that's pretty hard when you're on somebody else's time absolutely can't really take risks you can't really redo it even though you really want to and you really should um you're forced to settle and you know all these different things were you using a studio paying for studio time for a minute yeah yeah for sure interesting yeah i would like you know because at the at the same time you know i would do most of the writing elsewhere and then i would just show up to record and at that point you know I have no problem supporting the homies and also paying them to do do me a solid, really give me a, provide a service for me. Right, know? but it's I've always found paying for studio time hard because what if I'm not feeling it at 3 p.m. on a Thursday and it's Monday afternoon. You know what I mean? I don't know when the mood's gonna strike. Where like I'm gonna be Tough. beat. You know what I'm saying? So, so how do you so do it? So for me, one thing I've been having success with is uh, either producing it myself or getting the production from somebody and writing it. And recording it on my own time and then just showing up to the session with the vocals so we're we missed all the time consuming part and now i'm really just paying you to engineer it and to get it sounding crisp and pristine and then and, and ready for the market essentially yeah um whereas you know, other times where I might not necessarily be outright paying for studio time is when, you know, we're just vibing out on a session and we're, you know, collabing on some on some instrumental. And then, you know, it, while while Cain's taking care of the percussion yeah, and, you know, some engineering aspects, I'm in the back trying to come up with this hook, might lay the hook that day and then build out the rest of the song that week and then send the vocals over, something like that. Um, but... Like I said, I've been fortunate to have become successful producing for myself. And um, 
I got a little project on the way that's like self-produced and that's um, something that I think will be an awesome, nice little step for my portfolio and, you know, um, confidence just as an artist. Yeah. Um, but it's also something I'm, I'm still developing, you know, taking piano lessons, trying to oh, dope, explore dude. and expand and, you know, discover and uh, really develop as a as an artist. Um, but I try and, you know, I have a few things if I'm feeling like I'm in a, a rut or a little block. Well, one thing is I just try and keep showing up, right? Because that's the only thing you can do. I try and I'll have a, make a to-do list every day. Um, and I try and have, well, typically I'll have three things on there almost every day, right? Um, well, the morning routine, also just like, you know, when I, I, I'll just scratch it off for that dopamine, right? But also to get, get my mind right. Um, take I, want, a mo- I want to come back to that too. Yeah. yeah. I, I hate you. It's real easy. Make my bed, do the hygiene thing. Mm-hmm. And meditate real quick and make sure I'm grateful. Cool. The grateful exercise is that you write down three things you're grateful for that day? No, it's straight up in the meditation. Just like it's really essentially a breathing, breathing exercise, right? So I'm just breathing, meditating. I have a few things I'm thankful for. Um, Or no, I have a lot I'm thankful for, but then I have a few things that I align myself with as a person. And I just remind myself of of those things. Can you give me an example? Of um, too? Well, all right. So basically, essentially that I'm human, uh, mm. that I'm an artist, I'm a leader, and uh, a lover as well. Dope. And then once again, the end, that I'm human. Yeah. Right? So that human thing goes both ways. I'm, I'm vulnerable. I'm uh, going to make errors. I have flaws. But at the same time, I am capable of what everybody is or what nobody is yeah you know like i can do anything i can have it i can save somebody's life you yeah. know i could be superhuman you right. know um cool if i choose to right so these are things that i try and uh remind myself of and and then once that's done once once i clean that plate i'm great trying to just straight up create something before i like listen to anything my what i'm really challenging myself to now is to get to that point without having gone on social media mm. at any point um because one thing I, somebody put me on to recently that was a, a true gem was like, you know, saving that first hour of the day without social, to use no social media is pretty difficult. But to do so can be very powerful because the way they phrased it, it was like selling your sovereignty where, you know, that first hour of the day, you are literally condition, conditioning yourself to become reactive, hmm. right? You're putting yourself in all these other people's contexts that do not, quite frankly, have anything to do with yours, right. but are now, um, you know, even subconsciously a part of that and affecting the decisions you make and how you think about yourself, your progress, where you are, um, and who you are. So I'm just hopping right into the studio, and I'm probably not trying to come out to the studio till like mid-afternoon, and I probably I'll eat for the first time around then I, I i do intermittent fasting oh, so i'm gotcha, like gotcha. straight liquids for the first part of the day i was gonna ask you about the, the breakfast was in the morning routine do you find because i'm really into that health shit whatever nice. do you find that it's um it does it impede your focus does it help you focus just not having to worry about the food does um it- well it definitely be on my mind but i th- i find that i'm able to you know those moments when i want to break and i want to snack and i want to eat um it's like I use those as signals like, all right, I'm mad close. Like I'm about to pull up on something. Mm. Like I'm about to make this breakthrough or something mm. like that. You know, it's like typically when you feel the most loss is when you're about to find it, you know. And and it's like uh, I think you can drive yourself. 
a little further in those moments. It's like when you're working out, you can't push yourself until you put yourself in a position where you're at your limit. Yeah. Right? That's really where muscles gained and where progress is made when you're like, it's that, I don't know, you, you feel like your mind's kind of like, yo, maybe we should call it quits. Yeah. But in reality, you could do seven more reps. Right, right. Right? So yeah. it's like, but it's all about working it and staying in it. And um, so I find that the the longer I push back the food, it, it helps. But at the same time, you know, I know in the back of my mind, my brain can only operate so much without food. So right. It is, it, you definitely got to bring it into, back in, oh, into sometimes the Sometimes I have a hard time. I've tried it before and sometimes I'll have a little fast here and there because I think it's important sometimes to, like you said, be grateful and to appreciate certain things. So I like to put myself in situations like that. Like maybe I'm like, I'm a, I'll fast this day because I want to feel grateful and hungry again. And then the next day you're just like, so fucking thankful just to be and it, that's just one day you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. um, but with that as far as you're to tap into that process too when you're creating is that is that you playing keys are you writing to a beat are you making a beat so within that so the three things I'll have on my to-do list almost every day will be practice uh, create and complete so I'm trying to practice whether that's on the keys or just freestyling things yeah. like that um or um, creating, whether that's like on the keys or uh, writing or uh, even sketching, something like oh, that. Oh, cool. You know, switch it up. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, or designing even, depending on what my task list is like, if I got flyers I need for shows coming up or cover art coming up or things like that. And then, um, I, this is the hardest one, but I'd like to try and at least attempt to complete something mm. uh, every day. Cause there's every everything's unfinished, you know. So um, that's something I like to try and do every day. But one thing that has helped me the most that I've brought to my routine, I believe, would be uh, you know just trying to take things a little more serious. Um, I got this book um, that put me onto a lot of a lot of cool ideas, just ways to frame this artistic quest. It's called. So I'm sure you've heard of the Art of War. Right, I know what you're gonna say. The War of Art, Love right? It. It's phenomenal. It's, Love it's, it. It's it's great, man. the The foreword is a little funny. My man brought that up to me the other day. Like, there's this one part of the foreword where like my man is coming from somewhere else. It's like, all right, I, it's been a minute. I can't even remember it. You know, I I remember it. I did. I forgot about this too. But my homie that I gave the book to, he was like, "Yo, I'm loving the book, but this foreword is a little nutty." And like, cause the guy gets a little weird, like a little elitist almost. Oh. It's like, all right, this guy, he's like. I, oh, yeah. like Stephen Pressfield the author is like yo everybody has this ability yeah and then this dude in the forward is like I actually don't believe everybody has this ability <laughs> yeah. it's only yeah. the select few that are you know I'm like yo alright enough of this dude. Like, <laughs> I totally forgot yo. I totally forgot that I, I condone that book that and I'm, there's so some questions I wrote down for you and one of them we'll get to later is books but that I if you haven't read it, read it. Great. I love he talks about the resistance. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that all it's the huge. time. It's, it's real. Yeah, you feel that too when you read it, you're like, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, one of his big things is like, yo, do we treat what we're doing like work, you know? Yeah. At my job, I'm going to show up, period. Right? I'm gonna show up if I'm sick, if I don't feel like it, if I'm tired, yeah. I'm gonna get out of bed. Um, and I also won't leave until the job is done. You know, and there are these things that Am I bringing those? Am I taking that same approach to my work? And if not, I'm not taking it seriously enough, yeah. right? And if I really want to get a check from this 
craft, I have to be putting in that time. So I started clocking myself, right? Keeping track of the hours I put in every week and setting goals, right? So eventually, you know, I'd love to go full time, right? But at this point, it's it's just got to be a part time thing just to be realistic with myself. So I've been doing my thing, hitting this 20 hour mark a week. That's that, that was my goal. So now I'm bumping up to 25. Dope. Um, that's see. a real that's real part time right there. Yeah, man. Definitely put in put in hours. And um, but it pays off though. You really see <clears throat> real strides being made. And it also allows you to just because art isn't linear, it's not like that that means I'm going to necessarily come out with any actual tangible um outcome or result, but um I can at least know I'm 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 making the necessary sacrifices to get there. Yeah. So um fortunately I have been able to come away with some real results and some real uh, beautiful outcomes. But nonetheless, it's more so a thing to just keep me focused and keep me driven. Like, all right, instead of like aimlessly getting sitting down at the desk and getting lost in something, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go in on this specific task for an hour and a half. And then I got a half hour to tackle this like administrative stuff. Right. It's still a part of the same mission, but this is just emails and follow up and... Um, you know, so on and so forth. You know when to allot time. Like, certain things take more brain power than that. The administrative stuff, I can do that after a work takes. I don't have to, like, really mm-hmm. give it my all. You know what yeah. I mean? Or social media. It's that, linear. Exactly. Right? It's it's like, this. It, someone's reached out, I respond, it's done. Compared to, I realize, I know I'm most fresh, like you said, in the morning. This is the hardest work is coming up with the creative shit. You know what I'm saying? That... I can I can do the administrative bullshit later. Let me yeah. and like you said, have that self awareness to know when to focus it. Um, and so as far and you handle all your own visuals, um, except aside well, from the new the new shit that was dope with the cartoon, but like the layover visuals, is that you? Yeah. So I mean, I've done yeah pretty much everything um, except for. Um, the cover for Artificial. That was my That's homie at work. That's the one that I, yeah. I loved. That. Yeah, I was really happy, happy with that, how that came out. Um, my man, shout out to Michaela. He does a bunch of uh, illustration. He, he goes to Tyler. He's killing it. Uh, young kid in the game, definitely mm-hmm. doing his thing. And, um, you know, I, he did some, I saw some of his work. I, I, I liked his style. I'm not going to lie. I saw a little bit of like, you know, what I wanted to do when I was younger and what he was doing. Yeah. And so I naturally... I had a liking for it, but mm. I also liked his style and I liked his approach. And I, I really, when I want to collaborate with somebody, I actually want to collaborate with somebody. Like I'm bringing them into this operation because I want to see what they artistically or creatively, how they interpret what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, in a way that, you know, ideally I couldn't. Um, and so he, he liked, he felt one of the, one of the lines really stuck out to him. Um, uh, was like put your ego in a blindfold where you end up only God knows, right? So it's like uh, that, that's sort of like the justification around the cover. But the whole idea of the song was just like, uh, you know, in this day and age, we're surrounded by so much artificial stuff, right? Whether or not it's voices from like mainstream media or uh, even in our own heads, right? A lot, of, a lot of these voices at the end of the day ultimately are false, right or like non-existent you know they don't really impact things but they can if you allow them right and so yeah that's sort of what the song was about is like providing my own um truth um but i thought it was cool the way he was able to interpret that on a cover but otherwise everything else for the most part is is, uh my work i thought i love your art too but i also thought his i love and i wrote you this in the email i thought his 
his approach the illustration just mashed up perfectly. I love that style of illustration. Yeah, me like, too. It was like almost Futurama. Yeah, exactly like, what yeah. I was thinking. Where like there are certain cartoons where. Like, I love The Simpsons, but, like, it, I always had a time watching this because I didn't love the visuals. Where, like, Family Guy, I just loved the way, the, the the aesthetic of it. You know what I mean? That, that do I like looking at the cover for a lot of albums is, like, that's a big part of it. I don't think artists always put a lot of time into how does this actually yeah. visually look. It's you know a whole, I mean? Yeah, definitely a whole different... Um arm of yeah. the operation. and videos, the whole thing. So, um, like I said, I want to keep you forever, but a couple of things I want to get to before I get you out of here. Covered the past and the present, future. Let's dream a little bit. Take the listeners along. Let's dream. When you see yourself in the future, this dream, this thing comes back around. The part-time job turns into a full-time job. It's successful. When you visualize it, when you're in your meditation, and you feel it in your heart of hearts that you're like, I know this shit is coming true. What's it look like for you? Who who is maybe in the game that that you're like that's what I want it to look like, or or maybe it's your own thing. What what are your are you touring? How much of it is making the album? How much of it is touring? Are you making writing movies? What's what's the yeah? What's the sort of so that's tough, man. You know, like I said, I, my my end goal is really just to be creative. Um, full time, get paid. Full for time, it. be creative, right? Whether or not that's like voice acting, whether or not that's acting, whether or not that's copywriting. Or consultant work, if like I was lucky to do something like that, yeah. or like, um, you know, maybe I make a U turn and I, I do full time community organizing. You know, Where? I'm not sure, but I think that for me right now, the dream would be, um, in its simplest form, getting paid to travel and share my art and, and create. Period. Without having to worry about anything else specifically. Um, like family and stuff, that would be different. But as far as like bringing in income, I, I think that would be dope if I was able to perform for a living, yeah, um, and create for a living. So, um, I would definitely like to be, you know, I would love to have a global base. I would love to have, um, uh, I would also like to be able to consider myself a real musician right like i could show up to this i could hold down an acoustic set with a mic and a piano yeah. right that's i think that's one of my goals for sure it's, it's been a, a goal for a little bit um you know to, to become that musical that's right dope. um and i think that in that sense you know i would like music to be a lifelong thing you know i don't know why i had to stop you know maybe it's not this like i don't know if i'll be I don't think everybody should. I don't think anybody should rap forever, <laughs> right? You know, right? I mean, except for maybe Nas, right? <laughs> he got it, yeah. Uh, and Ghostface, all right. Those, <laughs> those are your pet. Those are the only two. All right, action, rap, rap, action, rap. and Yasin Bey, right? Yo, action is killing it too. They they could rap forever. Um, what about Jay? Jay got it, but at the same time, I feel like it's almost like. He's not even rapping anymore. He's just talking. It's just some spoken word type he's just shit. T- which is, he might as well, you know. Yeah. He's just the triple OG. So, you know, I would let him talk to me anytime. Yo, 100%. I, I would listen. Um, have you done any acting before? Uh, just like small things with, uh, fortunately, I got like a lot of creative homies and they got little projects they're working on. I have, I've had some opportunities. Mm. Um, 
but I would, you know, I would like to explore a little more. I think just given my class clown past, yeah. my mom was always like, yo, get in the play. You strike me as a performer, I man. I never trying to get in the play. I don't know. But I, I think it, I, I, would, I would enjoy it. I could totally see that. Um, all right, so last Ooh, couple. You know things. what? Let me answer your question, though. Yeah, my yeah. dream situation yeah, yeah. is being able to do an acoustic set that's half music, half stand-up. That's yo. It. Yeah, that's it. Dude. You yo your jokes too. You everything about doing stand up. <laughs> yo yo, because your sure. live show is like part stand up. Yeah, 100%. man, that's my shit. Yeah, bro. I mean, but it's it's funny because both ways, right? Um, ultimately, what I've learned the hard way is like yo, you got to be super spontaneous no matter what. Because with the performing, you know, unless you're working on these, cra- even if you're working with crazy budgets and on a super large scale, you never know how she's actually gonna go. Yeah, and you also. Um, got to remember that that's really what it's about is this is a live performance that people are they know and can feel is live and is happening right now because if you know if otherwise you know things can be um things can be like arranged and like you know you could have things rehearsed definitely right but at the same time um saving room for that that's that's really what makes shows special and that's ultimately what makes things a great experience yeah so I, that's a situation where I just gotta believe in myself and I just gotta show up and 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 keep that uh, that mindset open. Do you freestyle at every show? Um, that has become the standard. Yeah, I remember seeing Chitty Bang live, and Noah, the guy who made the beats, would he he'd write he'd get suggestions yeah, that, from the audience. That's, that's a family friend. Really? Yeah, oh, it's dude, crazy. Yo, his Zafoon or what? now he goes no by breakfast. No, no breakfast. Beats are nuts. I've always been a yeah, huge. My man's fan. plugged up. He's yeah. he's successful. That was it was crazy, you know. And we, you know, f- to be family friends, like no no since like we were. He's like eight. I was like five. Really? You know? Yeah. Like our pops play ball together, right? So, um, you know, watching that happen was crazy. Just because like they were touring, like they went they like went platinum in my new, sophomore in year like college. New Zealand, yeah, before they even toured in America. So it was like. They were just global and just out, and so that was mad inspiring. You, know? you ever talked to him about because his beats are so he was on that cool kind of catching out a wave almost yeah. like before yeah. that was even a yeah, thing for sure. For um, sure. Uh, so we'll get to that in a second. Needless to say, I love that you're spontaneous performing because I find there's an electricity there watching them do it, mm. and I I love to do that stuff too. That I think people realize this is a moment. That yeah, you might do your shtick and your songs for everybody when you're touring, but this is a moment we get right now yeah. that's unique to us, which and is really dope. Also, it's one of those things that, which is so crucial to live performing, is it literally, like you said, electrifies everything, but also connects everything. Yeah, like it, it is all alive at that point, and that's something that can totally change a live experience whereas if you don't take that opportunity to connect in whatever way in the beginning of a show more likely than not you will find yourself growing farther and farther apart from the audience as the set um goes on and so that's like kind of like a really important aspect of my show that i've um sort of cemented as like a a must yeah. you know just come out every show right at their neck and uh you know it works every time you know in the sense that by the end even if they're not at the stage people are watching yeah and if you trust yourself yeah. enough to do it you you come you know you've practiced enough yeah. to have the abilities but you got to take that leap yeah. so um so we'll get to my some of my questions then we'll get you out of here um i know it's your day no off. worries man you you got you know things to do uh speaking of which who are some of your best performers that you've ever seen 
that you remember like that, that you're like that, if I can recreate that for people, when you mm. felt that shit in your chest, you're like, this is crazy right now. Well, I mean, with the Catronata stuff, just out the strength that like, I'm really interested in the idea of making people dance because I feel mm. like that's a mad interesting um, element to be in, like just for people to be comfortable, to make people comfortable enough to dance and around each other. It's like everybody's low key, like communicating, right? And like slash expressing themselves and together. I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. So like one of my goals is to make people dance. I feel like a shout out to Catronata and like, you know, people on that vibe, you know, whole selection squad. So like there's definitely a lot of, and like, uh, yeah. So definitely a lot of, um, DJs that could give you that vibe, um, that have already have given me that, um, inkling of desire, but then who else? I mean, uh, I would say, hmm, I don't know. I feel like it really depends. Like live shows can be mad hit or miss. Especially with hip hop rap yeah. shit. Yeah. And I mean, then it comes, it just comes down to, I don't know, that's tough. I mean, I, I saw Wu-Tang perform one time at a Rock the Bell show, and that's just great. You know, they just got crazy energy. I've never seen the Migos perform, but, like, in person. But I've seen, you know, screens. Like, yo, they're just so synchronized. Like, they're, like it sounds so free and natural, but, like, that shit is precise. And, like, just the way they all ad-lib and and uh, support each other throughout the songs. That's it's dope. crazy. I've never even watched videos of Migos, man, honestly. It's dope. I should, I should check it's that honestly out. honestly dope. Um, and... Hmm. Um, also, I would say, because then there's definitely some. You ever see like the like, big boys like Kendrick or Cole or? Drake? Oh yeah, so definitely Kendrick. And I think Kendrick, in a sense, like he'll, he, I think, enjoys remixing songs for the live experience, which I think is super tight. Um, you know, even if it comes down to just his delivery of the bars, you know, he might take some out just so he can deliver them more clearly and less exhaustive, with less exhaustion, but also, um, you know, just so you know, like, this is, I'm not just listening to this at home. Yeah. You know, I think just bringing that and, like, switching things up, you know, you don't have to play the whole song, you know, cut it at that, after that first verse. Right. Um, and then also, uh, oh, there's somebody else, too. Um... Robert Glasper. I don't know if you've ever heard of Robert know, Glasper. I don't even know that name. He's like the super mean pianist. Definitely like one of the jazz cats that's like younger and low-key got this shit on Smash. Mm. Um, I mean, he's not super young, but yeah. he's definitely like, uh, he's like, he's in his 30s, you know. He's doing his thing. And there's no disrespect to him if he's in his 20s for <laughs> real, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's... He's in his, like, early, mid-30s. I'm sure he'll never listen to this. Yeah. Um, so, Robert Glasper, what I love about him is, like, my man just got, like... Well, first off, my man got, like, eight different keyboards, like, at his, you know, at his hands. But then he also, you know, he has his ridiculous band. But he's also mad low-key, just out there doing his thing, but also just joking with everybody the mm. whole time, not taking it serious. And also just, like willing to like break out and like remix like a a song that is like real hot right now or like a old timeless song that he's just like singing along with the crowd with you know little things like that that um i think as an artist how you are 
on stage is a lot how people will be in the audience. Like people in the audience don't really understand that they are a part of the show and they are performing low yeah. key. Um, but it's up to you to like make them feel like they're a part of the show kind of without them knowing it. Um, and that's really when, you know, we get everybody laughing and you get everybody, uh, you know, if, if I get everybody howling, howling at the back, end. Cause you know, I was going to say you people howling back. That shit is great, man. That shit is powerful. And that's like, um, damn, they really believe, you know, they really, you know, people want to be a part of somebody at the end of the day, but also like, you know, uh, you know, people do want to feel like they, they were there. Right. Yeah. And like you said, I think being a natural leader, um, when I was at your show, um, I've seen a few, a few times, but that one when you're opening for Bull Bay, um, that idea of people want to be led. They want, especially as a crowd member, there is an energy where we're all connected. And I've seen it turn where we can turn against you if depending on how things go. Yeah. But we can also, if you win us over, there's an aspect there where we we want you to succeed. Yeah. You know, because you want right, a good man. show. You're where, right, man. Um, I remember I saw Dave Chappelle once and he was in Hartford, Connecticut and he, the crowd turned against him. You and were at the show? I was at the show. Wow. And he- That's just rare off the strength. It, it was crazy. It was one of, because it was one of first returns back. It was this oddball tour, a bunch of Wait, comedians. Wait, I feel like I saw the video of that specific show. I was at the show. Damn. And it felt I was with my girl at the time and we were like, we need to get out of here because it got violent. Like people throw, like when I, when you said you can feel when people are low key performing with you and there's such a, there's such a, there's a, like a group mentality there that, that is fascinating that I could, you could just feel the energy of like this angry energy kind of projected at him because he mm. was kind of resisting it, you know? Mm. And he kept, he kept wanting to do his thing. People kept kind of fucking with him where when I was watching you perform in that show, plus it was obviously a different venue, whatever, but we're all there together. It, I don't think there was a single person that was like, man, this dude's corn. You know what I mean? We were all there like how, whatever that you that could, you can just feel when, and seeing pictures and videos of other shows of yours in a similar venues. I feel like that's, You've got a gift for it, of sort of you Thank know, you, man. you know what I mean. That, that I don't think that was a unique one-off where mm. you, it was. It was the right mix of humor and vulnerability and spontaneity and smashing the songs. And your songs have aspects to them where I'd never heard some of this stuff before, and I could shout it back after hey, the first hug. That's which tough is, to translate. Yeah, in a live it's show. so tough to translate. And so, do you, when you're writing a song, how do you not let that cripple you? knowing that you want it to be not the catchy hook is that's generic, but that you want it to be relatable and easy and, and to perform and fun to perform without, with also staying true to what you want to say. So that comes down to just like not settling. Hmm. Right. So, you know, the best, best case scenario is like, you know, simplicity. Right. So if I can say these 16 bars in four, that's what I should do. Right. Hmm. So sometimes I'll have to chalk, a majority of a verse just to cut it down to what it should be. Um, Cause yo, just one rhyme can change the whole, just that second rhyme can change the whole strength of these four bars, you know, just the overall flow and the momentum you build. Um, 
And I also try and write to give myself energy and power as I'm performing, right? So if I'm able to be up there and I'm performing and actually believe in what I'm saying and have knowing this is coming next and knowing like this is really what I'm saying, then um, ultimately that's that's what I'm shooting for and that that's the goal. So, um, you know, I, there's nothing worse than being on stage and not believing what you're saying. You know, it's like nothing more awkward, to have, be honest. Have you ever seen performers that, like that? For sure, but they're, I feel like at that point, you're just like, all right, they're not even really, you know, they're not really trying to say anything at that point, it feels like. I've, I, I've seen some performers that I thought rappers that I was like, before the show, I was like, man, I wish I were so-and-so, and you see them perform, and I'm like, I do not want to play those shows every night. These like shitty mm-hmm. turn-up corny songs that you can tell, they're just going through the motions, mm-hmm. you know, and like you said, that's a really... Yeah, it's hard. It's something you got to play. You know, Gabe, when this shit pops for you, you got to be able to play these songs. Yeah. You know, back to back type shit, night to night, different places. It's no, it's a, it's a fact, and it's one of those things that, like, you know, no matter what, as the artist, you know, by the time you're performing a lot of these songs, if if, if you've been blessed enough to release them, you've heard them way too many times. Already Just getting out of like production to writing to recording to mixing. You know, at that point, it's like it's already kind of chalked in your mind. Yeah. You're already done with it. But it's one of those things where, you know, that's that's another part of the discipline of just seeing things to the finish line. And then also, you know, giving them the opportunity to, to get the the ears and the respect that um, you're looking for. Yeah. And speaking of ears, what are you bumping right now? What do you dig in? Um, are there any new, you know, hip-hop artists or not necessarily hip-hop, but what what's sort of been... On your on your playlist recently, um, so I mean I do a lot of SoundCloud digging just to because mm-hmm. I, I, I get new instrumentals every week for Spontown Sunday, right? Gotcha. So, um, doing that work has led me to a lot of cool sounds, a lot of cool artists. Um, speaking of selection, though, Monte Booker's a beast. He's a problem. Yeah, you know, he's one of my favorites I, as far as like sonically. Just, I DM'd him when he yeah. after he dropped that joint Black Swan mm-hmm. with uh. uh Smino? Yeah, it was Smino. I was like, this, Animal. Yeah, I was like, yeah, these take, are the yeah. beats that I've been wanting to do. He obviously never had me back. But I was like, dude, this shit is fire, man. Monty Booker and Smino definitely up there. Um, so slept on, I think. I mean, so tight. So tight. So, I'm, I'm definitely a fan. Um, what else? You, you, been, you dig Russ? Who? You heard of Russ? Oh, yo, honestly, I, I saw him in one of those, like, um, Montreal, Montreality videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but I haven't actually heard his stuff, but, I, you know, I've definitely seen some people co-sign, though, so he, I, I, be, he, I believe. You remind me of him in a bit. He does all of his own shit. Word. Mix, um, mixes, produces. And it's, it's, they're simple, but he that's says that it's all DIY because, and I, that's why I really fuck with It's not like, it's different than Drake shit. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he does all himself, he reminded me of you, just that hunger Word. and that idea to take it sort of by storm. Okay, so so who who else is kind of on your radar that you've been fucking with? Um, I've been fortunate to have a lot of cats that make music, right? So like mm-hmm. Jordan Brown, Dahi Divine, mm. um, Lord Vega, um, Kayeen, obviously. Kayeen's a beast. He's yo, he's hitting the vocals too. You know what I'm saying? He's unlocking, unlocking the gems I, for sure. I respect that. Um, DJ Silo got some bangers too. Um, Does Silo produce? Yeah. 
Are you on your upcoming projects? I know you've been using Kayine. Do you do any stuff with silos? Yeah, so he'll usually get involved in just the whole um, orchestration, right? Like he's more on a Rick Rubin wave. Mm. He just has a really good ear. And also, you know, as a DJ, understands like the trajectory of songs and like where their value lies and also how to... um, keep momentum and create moments that's huge i need to politic with i need to pay him as a consulting fee to help me with that shit hey. because uh, you start to realize every song has the same structure mm-hmm. you know as dj i think they probably understand that the important and even in yours too when you were performing i could tell you had a good maybe it was working with him a good idea hey. of when to like drop the beat out when to bring the hook in like not it doesn't have to be 16 bars. Yeah, bars. yeah, that's a big 16, one too. You know, it's like, fuck, this is yo, at the, This day and age, people's attention spans are mad low. At this point, mad I'm like, low. I feel like I'm stretching to try and get two verses Yes. I feel like I'm pushing it. Yeah. If I just get a, a verse, a crazy hook, solid production, and like a bridge, call it a day. Yeah. You know? Come back to that hook, say, Silo, run that hook back one more time. Uh-huh. Hit that again. You know what I mean? And done so. Outro. Um, all right. So what's the best advice that you've ever been given and who gave it to you? Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> uh, well, this isn't the craziest. I feel like some of the best advice, there's so many different ones, right? Okay, well then let's say just maybe some, maybe Well, there's one specific dude that like, he was, um, he, well, yeah, so I, well, one, one of the easiest ones is this guy who was, I, was, I literally only met him maybe twice. He was like uh, going out with uh, a friend of mine, like a friend of my mine, his mother was dating this guy. And so I, we, uh, I met him a few times. And I just remember one time he was, we were just talking about stuff and he was like, I was telling him everything I was doing. I was like all over the place. He's like, dog, you got to decide, you know, you got to just choose. Can't stretch yourself like that. You know, it's, it's going to become ineffective at the end of the day. Um, so definitely just choosing. But then also with that choosing, um, another OG put me down to the fact that, you know, you have to decide, but you have to decide why you're doing it and be honest with yourself while you're doing it. And most of the time, that's just allowing yourself to realize and own the fact that you are doing this for yourself. Right. And um, when that happens, it kind of blocks out a lot of the distractions and you can see really uh, what, where am I putting my time? And um, it also extends the playing field a little bit. Like, what am I shooting for? Like, is this a long-term investment? Is this, like, something I'm looking to manifest in multiple ways? Or is this, like, a more acute approach and I'm just having this one singular focus? Or am I setting myself up for something greater? So deciding um, what I'm doing and also what I'm doing it for. Hmm. I I like that a lot, being like, this is is serving selfish purposes, but... I think to really be happy, sometimes you need to fulfill that. I think we're, we're, we have a, a misconception when it comes to selfishness because, um, I don't know, it's, I, don't, I think there's inherently nothing wrong with it. Um, but it's when it becomes like disrespectful of other people's value or time or um, resources, that's a different uh, situation. But that just comes to honesty and communication. Right. And not setting yourself up to fail, you know, but... Um, I would say definitely deciding, and like, yeah, I, I, like it's okay to be selfish with your time and energy. I, I, I don't get, 
I I was my pops too growing up. It was like if he didn't get that time outside or whatever to have his dad time, you didn't want to be around the man. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I feel the mm-hmm. same way with I'm like I'm not the best version of myself on the format for one I'm not healthy so like if when I don't get to get you know get my good sleep in or whatever if I get to get workout whatever or also create like if I don't get to create for a little bit I just get antsy like I feel like there's that that and I'm not sure if you feel this way too about it but like if you don't get to do it for a bit you kind of just get you have you have these things that you're like I need this for me and is are you in a relationship yeah okay so so as as a boyfriend you're like I listen, it this doesn't have anything to do with you as a you know, as my shorty, but like I wanna I need this time to be alone to do my yeah. thing and then I'll be more fun to hang out with. Well yeah, you know, it's like I I I like to look at it as like I'm not myself when I don't get to be myself. Bro, where's my gem drop? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Yo. One more time. I can't be myself if I don't get to I I I I I'm I can't be myself if I don't get to be myself. I can't be myself if I don't get to be myself. That's or like I won't be myself. Yes, right. dude. That I'm stealing that shit. That's a good point, man. You, you know, you, is that? Do you talk? Did you? Are you? Is that a clear point of communication in your relationship? Yeah, you know, she's. I'm. I'm super fortunate. She's like mad respectful of my time and energy, and um, you know, the in space and uh, uh, priorities and. It works out because she's, you know, she got a big girl gig. She's doing a nine to five, mm-hmm. and um, it's dope because that's like the home studio hours. So there's really no um, problems there. And as long as I'm able to stay on top of my own shit and, and get it in during those days, as long as I'm not at the other job. Um, so uh, that's been that's been cool. And like I said, I'm fortunate. She's mad respectful, mad mature. She's she's definitely the best partner. You know, it's amazing. But a lot of that does come from uh, her being able to uh, overstand my situation and yeah. be like, "Oh, yo, like, no, you, I, I know you got all this going on, so don't worry, we don't got to do this. Like, I'll be home at this time. Like, do, do your thing." That's huge. It's huge, man. That's huge. It's major. Um, shout out to the girl. So shout out to her. Dog. Last few. About to put a ring on it. <laughs> yo, mark, mark my words. Oh, I'm hanging it up. Oh, really? Okay, that's what's up. Um, Yo, mad respect. Mad respect for that. I'm I'm a lucky man. Yeah. Um single ladies, I'm still looking for mine. So, you know, <laughs> you know, hit, hit me up. Um one eight hundred Orion Radio. <laughs> Yo, one eight hundred Orion Radio. We got a caller right now. Monique. Um what do you know I'm just fact. So what is this one's a little deep. What's your reoccurring nightmare? Hmm. And you can take that as deep as you want to. Not doing it, not committing hundred percent and not trying. If I don't do that, I feel like I'll always, always be haunted by that. Hmm. Um, is that in terms of music or in terms of creativity? At this point, in terms of the music, the music. Um, you know, if if I give it my all and I, you know, finish, let's say it's like I'm like 32 and I'm in the same place or like less, you know, all right, maybe I, I got to switch it up. Yeah. But, but I, I could say I tried. Being that hip hop, this is, I'm just... Run with this because I'm fascinated by this. Being that hip hop is quote unquote a young man's game, being our age, I think you're about you know one year younger than me or so. How do you, how do you, m- 
move forward without feeling like it's too late already. Yeah. For me, um, it's one of those things where it's like, at the end of the day, well, uh, the first thing, I'm blessed with a baby face. But um, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, that's also why I was pushing myself to get more musical because that's, to me, that's the key to the long term. Like I don't think I'm. I don't think I should rap forever. Like I was exactly. saying, He's but if I could play forever. piano, like I'm chilling, I could like still be musical and get a kick out of the shit and really enjoy myself and discover myself um, and connect with people um, and make beautiful things. But it's um, it's one of those things where I feel like it's really never too late, you know. As long as because you, you can always pivot right in whatever way, and there's always a different lane. And like I said, I feel like this at, at this point it's just all about getting myself in as many places as I can take myself and then moving from there, you know? Like like I said, maybe I end up just doing voice acting. Maybe I'm doing radio broadcasts. Maybe I'm, you, you, you kill know, it. Who, hey, yeah. who knows, you know? I, that, that's cool because that is something that I, I, I struggle with a lot is sometimes, oh, I waited too long or whatever, blah, blah, because to the young kids, I'm already an old head, you know? So um, I think that's... That's that's part of it. So last last bit, and I'll get you out of here. Um, yeah, let's get it, man. If you had to do a TED talk, it couldn't hey. be it couldn't be on music. Um, you know, something outside of this realm of creativity we've spoken about. Um, what would it be on? Hmm. Um, I would say. Ah. Uh, and it's it's interesting because you could, you could take this a couple of different ways, but I would say um, hmm well, one thing I believe that is kind of off off topic or like on a tangent I feel like uh basketball should be a part of early education. Mm. But um that's just basketball, not sports, but basketball. Basketball specifically. Okay. Just because you know it's a team game that takes a team to win. Also, you know, it's working together but in a specific way. Everybody plays different roles but also like has different skill sets. You also are able to develop as a person and like do things on your own time and you know with other people, but so that I think there's a lot of elements of basketball that you can learn a lot about yourself and within the context of the world. But outside of that, um, maybe um, I would do it. It's tough because I think I could. I would. I would enjoy doing a TED talk on performing. Just I'd watch that shit. Hey, hey, you know, just like the overall approach and like understanding. Um, you know, what do you want out of it and like how it's so achievable. Like it is right there, but it's all just about your mindset at that given time. When you start doing that as a consultant, let me know. I'm hiring you ASAP. <laughs> right, let's go. Tell the people where they can find you one last time. I'll put all this shit in the show notes. What's coming up for you? What can people pay attention to looking out for? No, you mentioned the project self-produced. We got some singles dropping. I know I'm wait- I've been waiting for that album for a minute. Hey. Um, What's what what's upcoming and, and where where we where we looking for you? Um so yeah, who well wolf everything is dot com, Gmail, SoundCloud, IG, Spontan Sunday, every Sunday. Um we got episode forty five this week. Um 
coming coming up on a year, so that's exciting. And uh, yeah, I got this self-produced project coming soon. Probably looking for like a March drop. Got some visuals with some singles, some anthems. Um, looking to bring to everybody uh, within the next two months. Okay, um, yeah, we'll put a timestamp on it. Yeah, I try, gave, I'm coming for you happen, in this two know? months. Please do, and you know, uh, I got some some utility things as well. Some you might be able to throw on on your body. You oh, I'm, I'm excited to just expand a little Ooh. bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yo, that's what's up. That's there's that's a dope motion too. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know just expand and and uh, give people different ways to get involved and and uh, spread the word. Why? Who a wolf? You heard it heard it here first. Orion Radio. Thank you guys again for listening. Much appreciated. Shout out to you.